If you go to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not go to a pub at all. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to buy me a Murray, well, I'd say Peroni as well. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And in a week where football, for the wrong reasons, has dominated the headlines, it seems an age ago since a certain letter appeared next to our name in the Premier League table, even though it only happened on Saturday evening. I'm John, and I'm lucky enough tonight to be joined again by Ian. Good evening. Evening, John. Evening, all. Dan. Evening, everyone. Phil. You, you didn't put now TV celebrity Dan before that. No. <laughs> we've, got special, we've got a special se- special section on that later on. But good evening, Phil, as well. <laughs> and evening, were the four blades who, if some of us hadn't gone to the pub on an evening last week and felt how bloody freezing it was, we might have gone back to the pub, but we're probably going to give it a bit longer because we don't want to have chattering teeth. Lots has happened in footballs we've touched on. Some nonsense particularly came out just after our relegation and then became very much history in itself. But we've now got an R next to our... our and our next to our name in the Premier League table, as I said in the intro. And Ian, start with you. Relegation as a football fan is like a punch in the stomach. It's something that really usually deflating in our experiences happens in a dramatic way. How was this one different for you? I'm still saddened by it. I'm, I'm just saddened by how this, this season, well, from the start through to the end, you know, it's had probably two, three moments in it. So saddened, glad it's happened in some ways and it's confirmed and kind of brings some closure. But I feel completely detached from it. I've not had that gut-wrenching moment in the ground or uh, like I had at Stamford Bridge or watching it in the rainy day against Wigan. You know, it's odd. It's odd. And I kind of just want next season to happen in some way, shape or form. It's, 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 it's like all of the season. The emotions I think we would have gone through as fans and maybe the way we would have interacted with the manager, the players, uh, the situation where the manager left would have been also different if we were in the ground. And Dan, you talked, I think you, well, not talked, we did talk on Look North, but you, you tweeted about that sort of raw emotion of, and like being genuinely emotionally moved, like particularly like with the Mark Steen goal and everything back in at Chelsea in the nineties. How did it feel for you in comparison? Just just nothing. I mean, the last two relegations from the top flight, the the first one was obviously driving back from Stamford, well, being on a coach on the way back from Stamford Bridge, pretty much in silence all the way home. I don't think anyone really spoke. Uh, and the last one, um, obviously when we got relegated against Wigan on the last day. Um, I was supposed to be going home for dinner with my heavily pregnant wife and family. Um, I decided, I rang her and said, fuck this, I'm going out with Phil. Me and Phil went down Nicholson Road, got drunk, got in a fight, not with each other, I hastened to add, I ended up dragging Phil off a, I think a Wednesday fan in Champ's toilet who'd, had a, who'd made the mistake of laughing at him. Um, there was nothing like that this time, nothing even close to that this time. It was just... Okay, that's happened. That's been happening for ages. Um, it's just been 
this inexorable slide towards relegation since about five or six games in, as far as I'm concerned. And it's just, it's not come as a surprise, has it? In a, in a slightly different way, Phil, I wondered if you had a similar feeling to me that after sort of the agony and the drawn out, like, feeling, like Dan said, the slope towards it. In a way, I sort of had a relief that now that the, there's no, and almost a relief for some of the players, really, that now there isn't anything to play for. They can actually maybe relax and try to remember that they're professional footballers again. And I know that shouldn't be the case. And I am upset, like Ian said, but I've been I've been quite upset and despondent now for months on end. Like normally Monday morning, won't get any work done at work. So I'd have to have 10, 15 minute chat with everyone about Blades who wanted to talk. Now I'm like just say, don't talk to me about football. And I just wonder if you've got that sense of relief as well that you don't have to put yourself through through it, even though we knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I think the, the relief, the relief's kind of, it, it, I'm, I'm kind of glad it's done in a sense of we don't have to go through that. They say that the hope kills you and, and we're seeing that, I guess, a little bit with our neighbours across town at the moment, that they've given themselves a little bit of hope. I'd hate for us to have gone on a little bit of a run and then still gone down last game or last couple of games. I mean, Having given ourselves that chance and really thought actually we could do this and deep down knowing we'd probably let ourselves down again, to actually be down this far in advance and to just sit back and enjoy it's the wrong word. I haven't enjoyed this season bar four or five moments, I think. Other than that, it's just been a shit show from the start. But to, to me, the, the feeling on Saturday night after it was confirmed, it was just almost like it's been for the last five or six games, maybe even more, oh, we've lost again. And that, yeah. that's kind of how I felt. Oh, we've lost again. Relegation's confirmed. Right, now what am I doing? I didn't dwell on it. Yeah, of course I'm bothered. I don't want to see my team get relegated, but I'd kind of dealt with it months ago. I, it wasn't something that I thought we were ever going to get out of. So not bothered is not the right word, but not upset by it at all. Just didn't any kind of really raw emotion about it like you said earlier Dan thanks for bringing that up in champs by the way I appreciate that <laughs> some about champs in you Phil aren't they it's uh, um, <laughs> either I give you ecstasy but in, in all seriousness I think I echo what we I think we'd all echo what each other say not just me echoing what you guys say like I think it's a weird experience because part of people talk about I'm not talking about Kevin Blackwell's version of the Blades way, but the, this all, like, there is a certain mantra to being a Sheffield United fan that prepare for the worst possible situation, expect the unexpected, they'll, they'll, um, they'll you more than they delight you. But it's just the way the season's gone has just brought us to this point inevitably. But it's just been, I feel like, apart from the Man United win away. When did you watch a game where you were actually really super emotionally invested in it? Even go back a few weeks, because it seems like forever since we've discussed this, and I know we've done a pod since this happened, but like the Leeds game, away at Leeds, if I'd been in the ground, I would have been kicking every ball. But it's just that, and, and the fact that we've been shy, it's almost like that gap, that crack has just been burst wide open for me and in the 
I, I feel more increasingly detached from it all. And I just wonder if you all do as well. Like, I'm detached. I've not watched. I watched the Wolves game because I was at a friend's house and he wanted to watch it. I haven't watched probably the last three games. I just, I've, I've, it, defeats aren't bothering me anymore. The fact that United are playing, I'm not busting a gut to try and watch it. And I just hope that this getting to this point that we're now relegated can actually spark a little bit of excitement in the future again, because as I am right now, it's not how I've felt about Sheffield United in my entire life. My, I'm talking to my next door neighbour on, on the drive on, on Saturday and, and he said, well, you know, we've not heard you much these last few months. And, I'm, you know, I'm guessing normally they can hear me when, we, you know, when I watch United on the telly, I'm guessing they can hear me either. From the ground. <laughs> yeah. Either cursing or swearing swearing or, or cheering when we score, and there's been none of that. I've you know, even 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 Sal has, has kind of commented that just there's nothing. I'm sat watching the telly and I'm just I'm clicking through my phone while I'm watching it. I'm we're doing other stuff. I'm just like you say, I'm just not emotionally invested in it. And I think the last time I felt like that I was emotionally invested was probably Newcastle when we actually with that first win because it was so big and it because we'd not won all season. And it was that where you thought, oh, actually, maybe now we've got that one under his belt, maybe that'll spark something. And it, it just hasn't, you know. It's... I think there was a unanimous shriek from half of Sheffield when Jaden Bogle tried chesting it back to Aaron Ramsdale in the last minute against Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but even, even you know, the other guy, like you said, leads, leads away. I mean, Jesus Christ. Leads at any stage is, you know, depending on who you're in the division with, it's, it's your... Biggest or second biggest game of the season, though, isn't it? Um, and there's just nothing. I, I, I didn't watch the Wolves game um, just because I, you know, I'd been working all day in the garden or whatever it was, and I just thought I just can't be bothered to spend an hour and a half watching us when I'm 99.9% certain we're going to lose and go down. And I'm pretty much like that for the rest of the season, to be honest. Can I can I just say, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of taking a little bit of, of, of the last sort of three says, but part of that feeling, and I'm, I'm sure you'll feel the same, Dan, is because we can't go as well. 100%. Not that I'm not interested. It's not that I don't care, because I do, and I always will. It's the fact I can't go and have my say and shout about it that's probably made it feel so detached. It's, it doesn't feel like it's part of my life. Mm. And, and yeah, life has inexorably changed over the last 12, 13 months. Everything's changed. Everything's different. I just don't know. I think my, 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 and I've got a number of thoughts on this. I've shared it before about, you know, will my dad go back to the lane and things like that. I just don't see it quite being the same again for a while in whatever form, be it, you know, reduced attendances or people, people, some people won't come back. I agree. Agreed. My dad. And, and, really? Cheers, Dad. Well, he's moved to Retford, and he, he, like he said, why, why should he bother? Unless there's something to get excited about, why should he bother getting the train to Retford every Saturday afternoon or whatever? I'm sure that'll change at the moment, though. It's just he's just not interested. But yeah. there, there's a lot of blades that are like that. A lot. Uh, yeah, I, I've spoken to to a couple of couple of three on Twitter and, and by direct message who've said, I'm "Not sure I'm going to come back." I'd fully enough, I was talking to a couple of Wednesday fans up at junior cricket next to the night. And they and they're all right, they're in a different situation. They're at risk of dropping a division lower, but they were saying, I'm more than happy to save me money, play golf in the morning and go up to Hallam 
and watch Hallam in uh, Sandgate in the af- in the afternoon, and that is a better use of my Saturday than going to watch Wednesday and put money into into that club. I mean, you're not going to hear me say this very often, but them poor bastards have had to pay for pleasure this season. They, they, they've been charged, haven't they? And that's whether they're on the 10-year, 5-year, multi-platinum, or own a taxi, get your name sewn in the grass, whatever package is used. From to. your return ticket. Oh, I think that run to bloody uh, Danny Wilson. Or even before that. But... I remember there were adverts on the tram as we were teenagers and I used to take the mick out of my mates all the time, my way to school and from school. But I think I think it's interesting that that connection I think people have lost. But also, like, think about us personally and professionally in the last 13, 14 months throughout lockdown, we've all gone, and well, we're not going to talk about it too much on here, but we've all gone from professional, personal changes in our life lockdowns changed his lives in, in a positive way. We've, we've used that time that we'd often invest into football in other things. And it's, you know, we're all excelling at different things and enjoying different parts of our life. And what worries me about it is how many people aren't doing that. And football's their only thing. And no matter what anyone says, even if they do, first game of next season and we can we don't need to discuss that so it's not even worth predicting but say we're all back yes we'll all be there because we're Blades fans and we'll we'll all get a season tickets and we'll do it but it's not going to be the same experience however even if everything is opened and normal you can say things are normal but normal means that people are used to doing things Somebody hasn't done something for a year. They forget how to do it. And it'll be really, it'll be very, very weird atmosphere going to watch live sport, in my opinion, for all of next season, if not beyond. Because whether that's because we have to provide certain things and that's a debate for a different day. But I just feel like what I'm trying to say is, I think, is I think even if people still are invested in wanting to go to have that experience, it won't be the experience that they originally fell in love with. And it won't be the experience we last experienced, if that makes sense. That's an awful phrase. But you know what I mean? It's it, our, our last time in the ground, where were we? Six, seventh, eighth? Can't remember yeah. where we were. It seems that long ago. You know, we had all that Premier League official build-up, all the likes. I know it's light switch shit. It's not for me, but it's that kind of build-up. And none of that will be there because we're in a different division with a different manager. Every cloud. Well, there's there's doubt. <laughs> Maybe Gary Sinclair might be might have you know be sacked or something in the interim as a cost saving measure. Ramal well, Lane could be under some sort of nuclear attack, and Gary Sinclair's fist would come out the rubble with a microphone. He'd <laughs> like count down to kickoff. That would just happen. And the I I have long speculated whenever Gary's not working, he often gets somebody horrendous to do it in his place. So everyone knows actually he's not that bad after all. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like I say, I just feel like I feel like a lot of people have done other things with their lives and enjoyed them, but some people have really missed it. And I can think of people I know like Smith, who is like the most hardened blade, and he's just like, I don't feel anything. And that just really, and that, and, and that's so sad. And it's sad that we, it's sad that we feel like that. But it's also very nice that some people actually want to still sit down and listen to us talk about it. So thank you to those of you who are listening. But to take it a shift back to what's left, then we've got six games. 
and I suppose I've got two open questions. Firstly, what do you want to see from those games? And secondly, should we be allowed in against Burnley? I love how, by the way, I love how 100 people shared the image, Gwyn. Has anyone seen this? Has anyone, what could it mean? So it says ballot. It's pretty obvious what it means. There's going to be a ticket ballot for a game potentially soon. Um, like, what do we think then? What do we want from the six games? And would you go, would you put yourself in the ballot? Uh, I'll answer the second question first. Absolutely not. Um, I'm not going back to Bramall Lane until I can go back to Bramall Lane properly. I'm not sitting there and putting my hand up to go to the toilet if I need to go and spending two hours to queue to get out because there's got to be a certain amount of social distancing. I, I want to go. I want to go and dad and my brothers and my mates and and do it properly and experience it properly. I don't want to do it the way that they're talking about. I'm the same as Phil. I'm, I'm not interested in going against Burnley, uh, but for slightly different reasons. And me and Ian talked about this on Sunday when we were the run. Um, I'm, and it sounds odd, but I actually don't want to be tainted by this season. There's, there's nothing on this season. The Burnley game is going to be horrific. You know, win, lose or draw. The team have, the team have been relegated and not even relegated with a fight, you know, relegated in the most ignominious style possible. I almost want to not have, I almost want a clean break from this season. I've not been at all. I don't see the point in going for one game to watch them, you know, slover to a, a final defeat and just slip off into the championship with a whisper. I'd like to just almost strike this season from the record and start again next year. So, no for me, but like I said, for slightly different reasons. I'm, I'm slightly different in that I'm, I'm, struggling with the dilemma of it in that I absolutely 100% agree with what Dan says in that clean break and interestingly when I was talking with the family on Saturday night and they're saying would you go for that last game why, why wouldn't you just wait till next season and have that sort of clean break and come back afresh when you can properly do it but there's a little bit of me and it's that kind of FOMO you know there's a, there's a match and there's a chance I can actually go to a match and that do I really, you know, as shit as it might be, as painful as it might be, as, as the experience might not be the same, there's that bit of wanting to be back at the ground in some way, shape or form. And I, I, I've got that kind of nagging thing in my mind. Yeah, that's fair enough. What about you, John? What would your thoughts be? I'm, a, I'm slightly conflicted like Ian, but I just feel like... Fit- I'm a bit of a mix. I, am, I do feel conflicted because one thing about football I love is experiencing new things. But there's a bit of a difference be going, between going and sitting on the yellow wall at Dortmund and drinking beers in the stand and then half-empty Bramall Lane watching us limp to the worst finish ever in the most abject season, like you said, Dan. But the big driver for me, which puts me off, is I want to turn up at the Sheaf View at half 12 and secure our tables. And text everyone, does anyone want a drink? I'll get them in, I'm first here. And then I want us to walk the same way and go through our turnstile at the same rough time and and force that bottle of Heineken down at five to three that I don't need, Phil, with you. And then spent first 10 minutes burping and then next 25 minutes needing a wee. I want, I want that experience because that's what, and I touched on it before going back to the match means, and I will speak to my dad, but I don't think it's going to be something I do. If he wants to, then I might go with him. But 
the way he is, similar to Phil said about his dad, he's he's really like, screw them, like sort of attitude at the minute. So, yeah, and and to go back to my first question, which I think is a bit harder, what do I want to see? I think we saw it on Saturday, but there's certain players I don't want to ever see play for the club again. And I'd like to see some players... <coughs> Sorry, bit of a cough there. I mean, yeah, it's a permanent cough. It's been an infection this season. A bit like COVID itself. It's been messing everyone up. But, like, um, I want to see I want to see some players with a bit of fight. And I'd rather see someone like Ben Osborne, who even on a good day is a 6 out of 10, actually try than clowns like Lundstrom running around. because you, know really, you know what's really interesting about the Lundstrom-Osborne conundrum, right? I've seen a lot of people, possibly rightly so, give give Osborne a bit of criticism because, oh, it, Osborne's there just to run about a bit. And I get that because he's not the most skillful, he's not the biggest, he's not very quick, obviously he can't be very good in the air because of his height. Doesn't offer a lot other than energy, right? Lundstrom's getting criticism for the exact opposite. He doesn't offer any energy, he doesn't look like he's arsed. He's got a decent range of passing. He's dynamic. He can move. He's mobile. But he's getting dog's abuse, whereas Osborne's getting lauded for... I don't, I don't know. Do, do, you see what, do you see the comparison that I'm making? I think what you're trying... I mean, do you mean Osborne should be getting more... Osborne should be better thought of because he's actually doing what we're demanding... What kind we're of, yeah. Demanding Lundstrom right. does. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's like Holy Mary and Phoenix Knights, isn't it? Blades fans love a trier, Brian. You know, <laughs> and that's it. We've always loved to try it. We'll, 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 we'll love a try it more than a technical footballer who's that bit lazy sometimes. I also think if you're going to Rogers, well, Rogers is an exception to that. Rogers is, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? But you know, yeah, there's, no, there's obviously sometimes technically better players than some of the players we've had. Yes, yeah, you appreciate the one who, who puts the miles, you know, puts the legs in. And well, everyone who played next to Monty for years. Like technically, you likes Leon Britton, etc. Far exceptional in that regard. I mean, you can't really slag Leon Britton off because spent most of the time getting neck ache under Blackwell. But that that proves the point. I just I do find the Osborne crick what is interesting. If some of the criticism Osborne quite strange because it's sort of like he's a backup player. Like he isn't like in the first eleven when everyone's fit. And yeah, he's going to be limited. But you, I'd I'd rather see people like that with a bit of heart in the running than some of the performances we're seeing. And, you know, people, like, I think, I can't remember, but the last home game where, like, Moose tried this shot and and, and and you're just like, come on, mate. Like, I'd rather, in, in that regard, I'd rather, you know, stick with McGoldrick and stuff. The big one, I guess, do we want to see some of these youngsters in the team? Me, personally, no. Um, I don't see why we should subject them to it now. It's uh, a mess that I'm kind of copying some of the words from somebody, but I felt it anyway, but I've read on Twitter, senior pros have got us in this mess. Why should the youngsters come in and bear the brunt of it now at the end of the season? I just let them, let them see this season. I'll get the youngsters ready for next season for me. There's a, there's a lot of potential coming through the ranks at United at the minute and I don't see why they should be subjected to have a relegation on the name in terms of a season they've played in I, I, I'd be tempted to use them a little bit off the bench because actually it, our squad is weak there's players that probably won't be part of this team next season 
Um, one obvious one in midfield, but certainly Ampadu won't be part of it. So yeah, actually, several, uh, yeah. So so could you start to introduce them a little bit off the bench and just give them some game time without crowding? Yeah, it's we're not playing that well, but just give them a chance, put on that shirt, being you know playing. And it's in some ways it's no different to playing an FA Youth Cup match in there or a under twenty three game. Aside from the opposition, obviously, but you know what I mean in terms of the the feel of it, and and I just wonder whether you just give them that one or two opportunities rather than throw them in next season when the expectation is going to be up a notch again. Because actually, fans could be back, and you know the demand on the team next season. And again, if it isn't starting to perform next season, then you're not going to when do you blood them next season in a in a league where you know. Whatever, whatever we might think, a large proportion of our fan base will assume that we should be bouncing back like Norwich are and like Watford appear to be. And I think I just it, it's perhaps my view comes from how I feel about United and the season right now, and I'm, I'm yeah. just not sure I ever want to tarnish Zach Brunt, for example, who's clearly a potential star in the making for us. With this season, I don't. I don't want to. Not would, would, he be, would he be tired with it? I mean, if if they if no, he, he played the last five or six games, would he really be? It wouldn't. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be tired with it in the same way that Norwood Lundstrom. Clearly not. Clearly, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't. It wouldn't be his fault like some of the others would be. But it would be a time frame that I'd remember him for, as opposed to a fresh break, which next season would be. The only thing I could is like like Ian said, we've almost got a free swing. You know, there's no there's no pressure on them now. We're down. We can we can win every game ten nil, or we can lose every game ten nil between now and the end of the season, and it makes not a jot of difference. But you can you can go in and sell up, play your game, no pressure. There's no fans in there, so there's no one digging them out. Whereas next season, if you put them in at the beginning of next season, they're under pressure immediately because if we're doing well, they're under pressure to stay in the team and keep the team at the top of the table. And if we're not doing well, they're under pressure because we're not doing well. You say there's no pressure on them. There's been players this season when there's been no no crowd in the grounds that have been given dogs abuse on social media for not playing well. And they're not going to get that. I mean, right? You might, I suppose, you might get the odd bell end. But if if, if let's say Zach Brunt and Antoine Hackford played next week and Hackford missed a couple of chances and Brunt got ragged all over, surely no one's digging them out on social media in the same way that you know McBurney's had some stick and, and one or two others. Surely no one. I mean, even our fan base is right. No, no right-minded person would, but right. yeah, all right. yeah. We'll caveat that with right-minded. Um... <laughs> it's going to be because it'll be the, the same chuff, chuff. So, and the last game of the season, if there's eight thousand people in there trying to get greasy chip butty going halfway through the second half, going get behind him, you know, support <laughs> whatever, like a, a league cup first round game when it's nil-nil it's second half and you're cold and you're like I shouldn't have wore shorts I really wish this was over so <laughs> squashing up labor stand but I I think I sit probably between the two and I don't know if maybe you build towards that Burnley game and you play the strongest academy side in that last game of the season similar to we did when we went down from the championship and uh, we went away to Swansea and the likes Swansea, of like, it? Yeah. Long, Maguire, George Long and Harry Maguire and people like Ken- that. I think Kennedy played, didn't he, as well in that one? 
and then probably hurt his knees getting off at coach. Poor sod. What a defender yeah. he could have been if he had decent, if he if his fitness levels hadn't got on top of him. Thought he was brilliant at times, Terry Kennedy for United in in League One. But um, I, it's a tough one. I think a lot of people are asking for it. Um, but then it goes down to this. It's this classic when you're signing players as well. If somebody has sat down and watched a lot of under-23 games, my heart goes off to you. But I just think it's the step up is huge. And I just, let's not, Phil's, Phil's right to, to point out, there's a hell of a lot of talent in our youth system. Let's not maybe tarnish them too much in the next six games. But what would be interesting... And I was going to say one other thing. One other thing on that though, John, as well is, and these are all the real youngsters. But obviously, we've still got an FA Youth Cup run mm. ongoing with yeah, a quarterfinal to play and, and yeah. a potential semi. So, you know, like well, a potential final. But what I mean is, you know, the, a chance yeah. of getting through the quarters against Brist- Brist- Bristol in the quarters. Yeah, uh, Bristol City. So, you know, I think that that might also temper the use of one or two because actually some of them might some of them who are. Who were, who were standing out on the clips and everything else, and people talking about could be involved in that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I am going to contradict myself a little bit as well, by the way, in, in terms of me not wanting to tarnish things and stuff like that. What I would like to see from this last six games, and I'm, I'm certain it won't happen, is get a manager in now. Let them work Agreed. now with the people that he's got, let him see what he's got in front of him. And if that means playing players that haven't been playing to see what they're like in, in a proper competitive game, let them. I don't think it will happen. I don't think we'll get a manager till the end of the season, but I would like us to, to move fairly sharpish. because You're not. You, you, you don't think anyone will come in? You don't think anyone will come in in the next couple of weeks? I mean, I hope it does. I really do. I just don't think it will happen just because that's just not the way football happens, is it? I can't remember the last time a manager came in with four games to go with a side that was already relegated. It just doesn't happen, but it would make sense. You Sometimes I can't give it... Sorry, Phil. Sometimes I've been where they sit in the stand observing, don't you? Like the praying mantis. That might be the game before they take over, but not four games before the end of the but season. I... Relegated. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It just I can't when... remember it ever happening. Did Wolves have someone when uh, Mick McCarthy got sacked and what's his face was in charge for like two Terry Connor? Terry Connor was in charge, weren't he? Yeah, Connor was in charge and it was like a stay of execution. Like it just looked every week on match it day looked iller and iller and more like abject with the. But yeah, I think we should look to get somebody in, but I don't think it will happen. And that ties us up nicely for what we said we'd talk about at the end of the pod. Uh, about managers, so we've not actually discussed this in advance. Um, maybe a twofold question: Who would you personally like to see come in, and who do you think is a realistic person? And I'll start with you, Phil, if you don't mind. Um, this this same answer for the for the two questions. Uh, there's few other than the manager that's just left, there's few men, few managers better equipped to get us out of the championship than Jukanovic. And I think we've got a really good chance of getting him. So that would be who I would want. And that's who I think we've got a good chance of getting. My only concern with Jukanovic is, or my concerns with Jukanovic is, he's, he's spent a bit of money when he's got teams promoted in the past. And he's doesn't seem to stick around long. He, he kind of manages clubs for a couple of years. And then he seems to leave. He's, and he got, he got binned off by Watford 
quite unfairly from what I can remember. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I think I'm right in saying the Fulham transfer policy was out of his hands. So they spent a lot of that money that he didn't want to spend. Well, he that, that weren't okay. That weren't his signing. I might be wrong with that, but I think that that there were players that were brought in above him. I think he wanted to sign Norwood. I'm sure I read that at the time that he wanted to sign Norwood from Brighton, but they signed the I can't remember his name, defensive midfielder that everybody was talking about at the time and came Seri. in. That's it, John Michel Serious. Kid that used to be Barcelona. That's it. And he came in. He came in instead of Ikanovic wanting to sign Norwood, and was a flop. Big money, big big signing, all this sort of stuff. And then obviously, yeah. what happened with Ikanovic that season's well documented, and and he got sacked on the back of it. But he's there's not many managers that have in the recent past got two teams promoted out of that division. Yeah, no, I see that. Yeah, and and to be fair, out of the you know out of the list of candidates we've seen. He's probably the one that, that stands out for me as well. Um, I mean, you know, the, this this um, German lad that's, that's coaching in Belgium, bless him. He looks good on paper and everything sounds good. And it, but it's, a, it's, I mean, that's a real throw of the dice, isn't it? You know, it could could turn out to be the next Jurgen Klopp. It could turn out to be an absolute disaster. You know? that, it, that really is a punt, whichever way you look yeah. at it. And there's there's every chance that we do go down that line as well, by the way, because the prince's advisors and it it feels a little bit like they want to go in a direction that's new and change things a little bit. So it wouldn't surprise me that they went down that route. But it just I think I think it'll I think you kind of get she'll get the job. I really do. I've seen tonight on Twitter one of the Sheffield United accounts on Twitter saying that. Contrary to previous reports, Eddie Howe isn't isn't out of the running. He's not he's not turned us down. Um, not to say we've approached him, but he's he's not as it was before when it said he turned us down. That's not actually true. I, I saw I saw the the, the uh, um, bit in the paper journalist when asked about what's Eddie Howe doing to get a job. He said, "Well, you'll notice he's been out of job out of work for a while, hinting that there's you know." There's obviously a belief in football that is we've alluded to on here. Is is Eddie Howe all that really? Um, I mean, my, my feelings on Eddie Howe are well documented. So. Yeah. By this pod alone, is it damn the phrase you used? Absolutely. It reminds me of something that was said to me when we were linked with Adkins and saying there's a reason Nigel Adkins hasn't had a job for a while. So uh, I just found it a quite an interesting interesting comment in, in light of that. Um, you know, in terms of rep- potentially, is his reputation as strong in football industry as you might perceive it to be? Um, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm not enamoured by a great deal of the list of candidates. I mean, there was an article in the Star last night this morning, I can't remember when it was published, but listing some of the managers and odds and it was just like a who's who of, of dross for me, yeah. you know. Um, names that just, old old names, uh, even new names, sorry, that Lampard was listed, I'm like, not really. Tim Warnock's been linked. Yeah, just <laughs> like no. Paddy Kenny, I might Paddy Kenny, yeah. <laughs> just, I, so for me, you kind of each... Stands out as, as the best of the bunch and the best record of 
those and and probably a pr- approach given you know the site us as a club and who we are uh, i am also open to the fact that why not at this stage no one's guaranteed to get us back up so is it the right time like you say to take a gamble on someone and i'm not saying that's blessing i'd, I'd He's obviously had a very short managerial career, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if there's still a wild card out there that that mm. comes into play and could be a, a front runner. I agree. Uh, I do agree with that. Uh, one question about Ikanovic: If we were to get Ikanovic and he was to become our manager, would that show a bit of intent from the prince and the club in general? Based yeah, I think so. I think it would on salary as well. I mean, I know there's been a lot of talks about how much Wilder was on and what, he, but Ikanovic wouldn't come cheap by any means, given he's just what he'd been on in Qatar. Was it 50 grand plus a week? Yes. Yeah, so, so to get him back is is a is a is a commitment. It's a financial commitment at a time when, like I say, we're going to start we're going to have to cut our cloth accordingly for a, for a period, whether we like it or not. John, what do you think? Um, who I'd like and who I think I'd get. So I've been through various emotions like this looking at the list of trying to think outside the box. And on a moral, I couldn't bring myself to be happy about it morally because he's a racist, uh, womanising prick. But like I think that John Terry, compared to some of the other names, the, the, why not? But then, like for the reasons I've just said, you don't want him being manager of your club. But the one that's not on the list, uh, who I think we could get and is the potential wild card, and I'd be delighted with, it'd be Wagner. Uh, again, proving at getting someone up on a much more limited budget you'd imagine than we'd have, not to mention much more limited resources. Inevitable links to our um, German friend on Merseyside, and hopefully we get a better loan deal or two than Ben Wood- Woodburn. But somebody who maybe, although Schalke financially have been in tatters and they're like rock, rock bottom of the Bundesliga. Just got relegated, didn't they? They got relegated yeah. last night, I think. But he, he was sacked like earlier this season. He's lived in Yorkshire before. He'd probably want, it's an opportunity to, I'd say it's a, it's a bit more of a long-term investment as well than someone like Jukanovic, just because of reasons we've mentioned. But I do feel that Yukanovic would be a safe pair of hands. My my biggest concern would be that you'd probably have to, the recruitment would have to be quite shrewd in order to play a different style of football. I think that goes for anyone. But if he's used to spending lavish amounts on, on what, like everyone, you'd argue we probably don't need the ultimate 20-goal season striker. We've potentially got, well, I've potentially got quite a few of those at the club, but to get the ball in the box to them is a problem, and to get a decent, creative central player, and to get some wide players as well, we could be looking there at needing to spend 25, 30 million pounds. So it, it'd be a, a huge overhaul, and then the risks that come with that. So I'd like Wagner. I think we'll get Yukanovic, and I agree. It is it is a sign of commitment Phil but it also depends how much commitment comes financially in terms of recruitment alongside that yeah that's kind of part of what, what why I asked is it a sign of intent because yes it's going to cost us to bring him in in terms of his fee but also you'd imagine he'll want some sort of assurances for him yeah. to come to us he's going to want some sort of guarantees that he's got 
naturally they're going to they're going to be players that we're going to lose, but he's going to have to invest some of that. He's going to have to. Uh, it's interesting, Wagner. I not really thought about it. Do you think he'll get football's a two-hour player? His football's horrific. That's the only thing. It's really negative. Yeah. Mm. I think I think Wagner got Huddersfield up on a bit of a purple patch, if that's not being a bit disrespectful. Um, yeah. Kept him up, fair play, kept him up the season that he did, but I don't know. He's never that that Huddersfield team never showed me anything that I'd, I'd want to see at United personally. No. Yeah, it was just it was just a name. Obviously, it was it was it was just a name that I I was thinking about the other. I was thinking about Huddersfield randomly. I was thinking, you know, pressing through Twitter and going down various rabbit holes because they're not doing so great. I think it was after they got pummeled by Norwich. Absolutely hammered, didn't they, the other week? And but yeah, I'd not, I'd not watched them enough to comment on the football. I don't, I just the appeal of getting someone promoted on a modest budget. They were probably the biggest underdog to being promoted to the Premier League since Blackpool. You'd argue, yeah, yeah, and and, and maybe something, and and the quality of the playing play. Like I think he had Dean Whitehead in central midfield, but. The, the quality of the playing staff might have limited the style, but obviously what's happened at Schalke suggests not great either. It was just someone a bit different. But yeah. I feel like Jukanovic, is a, there's a big turnover to have there. I suppose when you talk about a creative player, we still own Luke Freeman. I don't imagine Forrest are going to be smashing his butt doors down to give us six, six and a half million quid or whatever I think the agreed fee in that loan is. Um, so there's a player that could come in and actually play a big role in a different system. And he also, he, Norwood and Kevin McDonald, Kevin McDonald was probably available on a free transfer, actually, together, were phenomenal in the championship. Yukanovic's football, unlike Wagner's, is very appealing. He's not very well, is he? Kevin McDonald's, he's having, a, he's having a kidney transplant, isn't he? Yeah. Not to cause any liable, but uh, I remember seeing him out on the pop a few times. But poor bloke, like he's obviously a young, fit bloke, and that's happened to him. Well, he got sacked by Burnley for leaving the ground at half time to go to the pit. Go to the pub. yeah, he did. Then he got subbed at half time and went to pub. <laughs> that's why he ended up with us for now. Yeah. But but yeah, it's a, it'd be interesting, and obviously, I think we can't. It'd be unfair of us to commit to wanting to talk about the games, because if you're going to sit and watch the games, you're certainly not going to want to then listen to us talk about how bad they are afterwards in the next six games. But when we do appoint a new manager, or if it really heats up in that regard, we'll certainly do a pod. And we're hoping to be joined by a few people over the next couple of weeks for a chat. And maybe, who knows, we might put ourselves through the pleasure or the pain of a season review of sorts. Uh, but before we finish and say up the blade, just... Uh, we touched on it earlier about personal things and um, usually you have to listen to a bit of acting on the podcast where me and Phil pretend to do an interaction <coughs> about uh, cleaning trainers. But I feel uh, this weekend on Saturday, Phil's going to finally open a shop for his business that he's actually set up off his own back in lockdown. Uh, as one of my best mates and one of Dan and Ian's best mates, we're all incredibly proud of him. And as listeners of the podcast, um, like I'm sure oh, you listeners, listeners of the podcast. <laughs> if you don't follow Glistening Kicks on Instagram, 
you're missing out. Follow him on Instagram and Twitter. And now get yourself down on Wood Seats and you can go in the shop and you might find a pair of new trainers or take yours in to get them restored. So if you want to say a few words on it, Phil, I know you weren't expecting that, but I'm immensely proud of you and your wife for all your hard work that you've put in over the last year or so. And I just thought we should mark it as a group of friends, but also as a podcast who've, who've sponsored you from day one. Uh, I don't know what to say. I appreciate you saying that. I wasn't expecting that at all. So thank you. Um, looking forward to opening on Saturday properly. A little bit scared about what's going to happen over the next period of time, but open arms and, and let's see where it goes. Appreciate you. Appreciate you giving it a shout out. Thank you. And thank uh, you. something that is not as easy to give a shout out for, I suppose, despite how we feel about the club. Better say up the blades as we end the pod and we look forward to hopefully putting something out that's a bit different and alternative until the end of the season to make people smile. Get down to glistening kicks and get your trainers sorted. But until then, up the blades. Up the blades. If you're going to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not put the over on. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to find me Murray, right. Well, I'd say Peroni as well.